Do you know, human beings have done such a good job evolving and progressing that we're self-destructing. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a Wisdom Within Scripture episode from the series I'm doing, quoting directly out of Scripture and doing specific lessons of teaching from within them. And today I'm going to cover the topic of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the result of that is the ways of death. And I'm going to be backing this up with a few different examples within scripture, meaning within our history, and why that's the case. Why do we keep basically screwing things up? Why does humanity keep screwing things up and getting worse and worse? Because Unless you're not living on planet Earth, I'm sure by now you would have at least realised that something's not okay and that every day there seems to be either a bigger crisis, a bigger disaster going on, and nobody is living longer, happier or healthier. They're actually wanting to not be here anymore or they're extremely terrified of the world. And so that is not a mark of progressive evolution or or humanity becoming better. It's a mark of us deteriorating. And that's actually, I would say, a direct result of the way we've chosen to live in a world that is ruled by evil, that is literally ruled by the spiritually demonic realm. Humanity, when they are not led by the spirit, okay? So when you not, are not led by the spirit, which means that you do not make decisions based off of purely your sense feelings, your body. Instead, you make decisions out of discernment and whether or not something is right, whether or not it's correct, whether or not it is in service to the good. That would be you being led by the spirit, meaning you're led by God. If you're not led by the spirit, by God, you are led by the body, which means you will be subsequently, absolutely enslaved by evil. Because to be enslaved by evil is to be enslaved by your sense, senses, your sensual pleasures. Okay, so you're either going to be seeking to, to run away from pain or towards pleasure. That's the whole purpose of being living by your body and it enslaves you. It does nothing else. So in this proverb, in chapter 14, verse 12, we're, we're getting a flavor of this. There is a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Meaning that when man, as in humanity, mankind, human beings, when our ways are careless, when they're worldly, when they are all about the material realm, that nothing else here matters apart from what I can physically see, physically get and achieve right here, right now. So it's very sensual. It seems right to those that, that choose to live that way, but it is self-deceiving. It is self-delusional and it is literally self-destroying. It's self-destructive. And we see examples of this everywhere, especially with the applause nowadays that literally applauds people for mutilating their own bodies. That is celebrated because in a world that is void of God, because if you're not led by the spirit, you're void of God. And I can assure you the entire world is drastically void of God. In fact, the further we've gotten away from God, the worse the world has gotten. That should at least stop to make you think at least for a moment, what are we doing here? What is not right here? And again, I'm going to take you through some examples uh, through scripture that literally show us exactly 
how some of these things came to be. Of course, it's not exhaustive and there's many other examples, but there's a few here I want to give that can really teach you an, an important lesson today that I hope you will think about, okay? So if the right way to be led is by the spirit and not by the body, what does that actually, what does that look like? Well, first and foremost, I want to reference to uh, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. So if you're lacking wisdom, which is the most important thing you can ever learn in life, is wisdom. And who better else to learn wisdom from than the infinitely wise being that is God? Now, how we're supposed to live... <laughs> One of the ways is that we actually have to have a foundation of true education, okay, of educating people on truth. If you don't have that as a foundation, then with each and every generation, you will have deterioration. You will have people getting further and further lost, gone astray. And the literal ludicrous world that we have today that celebrates lawless people, that celebrates people that are thieves that celebrates people that lie to you that celebrates people that murder i mean it's it's romanticized for someone to be like a murderer a mass murderer people eat this stuff up it's a complete and utter inversion of reality so what we need is to be teaching from every age from the moment a child is born and forevermore we need to be living an example of the laws of God and teaching that. But you see, we don't teach that. When I say we, I'm referring to humanity. I do teach it personally. But like as humanity, we're not taught this. In fact, don't you find it rather interesting that in the school system, the, the public school system, they teach the entire world a belief system, which is the theory of evolution. It is a belief system. It is a religion. It is not a fact. It is not a fact. The theory of evolution is a theory that has no scientific proof of a change in kind. Okay? No scientific proof of a change in kind from one animal to another, let alone an animal to a human being. Yet, it is the fundamental teaching in school of our, our evolution, of how we came about, why we exist, and so on. And it's even being, it has always been actually, and now it's even more strictly being sort of banned or... or taken out that anybody with any kind of religious background so a a teacher if they are spiritual or in any way actually believe in creation so that god created everything they're not allowed to teach from that perspective and schools will say because they don't want religious beliefs being taught in school but hold on the theory of evolution is a religious belief okay so it's it's you you're, you are teaching a religion it's just the religion that evil wants you to believe in. That's why. And the theory of evolution uh, religion has been out there for many, many decades now. So as you can therefore see the tail end result of that, where we are today, is that with every generation now that is born, we are further and further and further void of God. It is a constant, constant deterioration. And where that leads is for people to live more and more lawless lives. They, 
they further choose to live in service to sin, in service to immorality, in service to themselves, rather than in service to the good, to truth and to God. So you need to ask for that wisdom and you need to actually look for it in the word of God because he will teach you, but you, want to, you need to be able to humble yourself before him and say that you need the wisdom. Because I can assure you, if you've, been, if you've been researching your whole life, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, like so many people say, and yet somehow you still don't know anything, or all you know is that there's just, it will never be possible to know the truth. You've been fooled. You've been fooled by the enemy. Because evil does that. They like to take you down various different spirals of never-ending Never-ending questions, just question upon question upon question, never getting any answers. That's not the truth. There are truths, there is a history, and there is ways to know the right way to live when it comes to being in alignment with the way this world is created by God. So continuing in James chapter 1, uh, verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What does that mean? Double-minded means, well, first of all, let me tell you that in your brain in general, you cannot think two thoughts at the same time. Maybe you've even had that experience where you're kind of almost having like a, a battle in your head of like two conflicting situations or, or, or voices or schools of thought or, or ideas or images in your head and you're like fighting it, right? That's because you cannot think two thoughts at the same time. You have to choose one. And that is a fundamental basis for life. It is choice, free will choice, the ultimate choice being whether you're choosing good or you're choosing evil. And that's not just a one-time, one-and-done thing, guys. It is a daily choice. Are you choosing daily to choose the good or to choose evil? And so that's why he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Yeah, because you haven't chosen, because you're not dedicated to the straight and narrow path, which is the path that God takes you down. It is narrow, it is dark, it is uncomfortable. There are very few people there because it's the path of righteousness. And guess what? People don't like that. They scoff at that. They tell you you're judgmental, even you, though you say nothing to them. You're just living a life in accordance with the way God told us to because he knows best. And yet you'll just be attacked left, right and centre because you are reflecting back to other people what they don't like about themselves and what, what, the fact that they're still holding on to their iniquity and their immorality. And they don't like that being seen on them. This is very easily seen, for example, something simple as, I don't know, let's say you quit drinking alcohol and all your friends still drink it. And when you, you don't make a big deal out of it, let's say you literally just say like, no, I'm, I'm having a juice or a water or whatever. And then you just get this bombardment <laughs> of people like, what's the matter of you? Don't be this, don't be that. They start to insult you, right? Don't be boring. Don't be prude. Don't be... Uh, this or that, come on, let's have a good time, just have one drink, like it's, it's insane how people begin to react when it's got nothing to do with them, right, it's you, so no, it's because they want you to take part in their sin, that's what evil does, it enslaves, it's like it has to have it come down with me, let me drag you down with me, that's why it's like, let's go downtown, like, 
That's the whole point is like to drag you down, right? So you cannot have a double mind. You have to be in any given moment you're choosing. Do I want the good or do I want the evil? Am I going to fall into temptation to evil, which is enslavement? Or am I going to be guided by the light, which is God? Okay. James and then verse 12. um, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried or tested, he shall receive the crown of life which God has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Okay, this is it's showing you the 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 chain of events or the course of actions from the thought to the action from the thought to the emotion to the action because they're intricately connected and people keep saying you know it's not thinking something's not the same as doing something in the eyes of god it is he does not differentiate that's why he always says that he he refers to your heart Would you in heart do that? Which he is referring to your in heart. He means what are your inner desires with your mind? Like what are you thinking about? What do you desire? What do you daydream about? What do you imagine? Okay, so that's why when people make the claim that, you know, for example, cheating on a partner is not valid if you're thinking sexually about somebody it's only the case if you physically committed the act of adultery well it's not the case at all it's not true um it's i believe in the uh, matthew i want to say chapter 14 am i wrong there but in in matthew it is said if whosoever look upon a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart it is so true you cannot think of somebody as a sex symbol in your head and do sexual things to them in your head and claim that that is not an impure thing. And anyone that denies that is simply uh, deluding themselves. And here James explains it very well, that you're tempted, every man is tempted by his own lust. It's, it's the lust itself that will then take you down to the eventual path of doing the physical act. That's the point. And you can apply this across multiple things like hatred leading to murder, leading to harming someone. How many people hate somebody in a way that they're literally waiting for an opportunity to screw them over? That is wrong. That is hatred. That is a sin. You're Because you're literally devising wickedness against someone. It does not matter how wicked they are, but you're not to reward them with wickedness, with the same sleazy, conniving and immoral ways of doing things. God does not, he does not like this. Okay. James, uh, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. No variableness, meaning it's immutable and consistent. As I've mentioned to you guys in the other episodes, God's character is consistent. It's never changing. He is truth. He is faithful. He cannot lie. And so his characteristics, there are many of them, 
but his characteristics are built into the world that we live in and into the laws that we are bound by in this world because we are bound by them. That's the thing. It's not, if you don't like care or want to abide to the natural laws of God, you're not not subject to them. It just means that you're denying them and therefore you're going to experience the negative consequences of them, which are negative. You experience positive consequences when you live in harmony with God's laws and not against them. Okay. Verse 21, therefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Again, he's talking about God's word. When you read God's word, he is literally feeding you wisdom and he is cleansing you and he is giving you and renewing you of your mind and your heart. Because you see, the more time you spend with God and in his word, the less time you're going to be spending lusting after things that are not yours and after things that you actually have no right to. And in today's world with the endless online, uh, you know, virtual world, which is literally uh a realm, if you will, it's like a realm of reality, which people think is not a real reality. It is because again, your mind is still linked to who you are. So it's not that just because you're in a virtual reality using your mind and not physically moving from your couch. Oh, that doesn't mean I've sinned. That doesn't mean I've committed immorality. Yes, you have. In fact, the virtual reality world is a literal playground for endless immorality, endless lawlessness, endless iniquity, endless sin. Think about that and that you'll never leave it, that you'll continuously be trapped in that thinking that causes no harm. It's just in my head. Sure. You've got to see how is it affecting your everyday life, the, the people around you and how you live, the, the expression of your well-being. Who are you as a person, right? It, 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 what, your integrity, your values, what are you doing in life? Are you, are you creating anything? Are you building anything? Are you helping others? Are you being of service? Or is everything about pleasing the flesh through endless mental stimuli? Because that's where it all begins. Everything that you feel in the body begins from the brain. It begins from your mind. You all know this very well. You can be thinking about something, imagining it, and your body reacts. Like thinking of... Uh, biting into a lemon can literally, and like, ah, you can feel the thing, you can feel the bitterness and so on, it can literally start to make your mouth water. Do not say that your mind is not powerful. It is, and it's not irrelevant. Verse 22, be not do, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So again, not just listening to something or hearing it or understanding it, but doing it, because that is wisdom. First you learn the knowledge, then you come to understand it, but wisdom is in doing it, is in living it. So you will be deceiving yourself, and there's many out there, if you're honest with yourself, where people say, well, I know this, or I know this knowledge, or I know obviously what's right and wrong and so on, but it's like, yeah, but do you live it? Do you show it through example by the way you live? Because guess what? What did I say is the foundation of everything? Education. And guess what? You are educating people. You are influencing them all day, every day, through every interaction you do. Do you know how much what you do in front of others affects people? It's so immense. It's so immense. I don't care if you have one person in front of you or five million. 
It makes a difference. People watch people. We learn from each other. That's how we learn. We don't only learn through running in fields. We require knowledge because of our higher intelligence brain, because of the way we built, because we are made in the image of God. We are different. We have characteristics of God. And he taught us all of the things that we're worthy of knowing now. All our craftsmanship, all the languages we know, all of our ability to to read, to write, to, to know how to do all the things that are human, we learn them from God. And so exercising that and living that daily also gives the example to others. And it's critical because, again, when that is lost, and it has been, obviously, over the decades and centuries, for that matter, then the newer generations grow up not knowing and instead buying into a new jo- doctrine, a new religion. So, you know, atheism is a religion just as much as any other religion. But you see, let me be very clear about the word of God here. So when I'm quoting out of scripture in the Bible, this is not a religious book. God's word is not a religion. In fact, he speaks of no religion whatsoever. It is simply God's truth speaking through the people that wrote wrote this down. It's divine revelation. I find it fascinating how many people will deny the word of God in the Bible as in without even giving it a chance to read it themselves because you haven't please don't lie to me you haven't read it you just heard something about it through some other some religion which claims to be bible-based but is not They taught you their doctrines. They taught you their perversions. They taught you nothing of the word of God, okay? Yet, in the same breath, people can turn around and say that they absolutely believe some book from some person that says that they channeled uh, information from the Pleiades star system. Oh, yeah, that's the truth, man. That's the truth. Unbelievable. Please just see the logic. Follow the logical conclusion. A double-minded man is an unstable in all his ways. Okay? It is possible to get to know the truth. You must study the word and be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word too. So as you're learning through all of this series as well, don't just listen to it. Live it. Live it. Else you deceive your own selves. Verse 25, but whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is God's law, did you hear that? Law of liberty, freedom. And by the way, liberty comes from the word liber, which means book. Book means freedom. Interesting how the two of them are synonymous, meaning when you read knowledge, when you read the word of God, you become free when you live that and embrace it. So who look, whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. That means your results, your consequences of living by the law of liberty of God, living by God's natural laws, the, the consequence is positive. You will be blessed in your deed. And I'm not one that's just a hearer and says that. I am someone that lives that and can attest to that being true. Okay. So that's an important part of that with with James. Now, another thing that I want to actually show as a specific example of when this happened in the past, um, of people choosing or human beings choosing their own ways and basically denying God, 
which unfortunately has been happening since the beginning. I mean, we can start with the very, very beginning, the very first story, which is, the, you know, denying denying God and choosing to listen to, to Satan instead in the Garden of Eden by choosing to eat from the for, forbidden tree, which very importantly you must understand is that God literally doesn't force anything. He gave humans free will. So he guides. He, he guides. He doesn't force anyone. He he's literally guides and then he warns people what would happen if they do something that's has a negative consequence. So that's all that was. It's like you have all this opportunity, you have all these different things and different amazing trees and stuff you can eat from. Just that one. I, I'm telling you not to eat from that one because if you do, you will literally die. Okay? Which is true and exactly what happened. But they chose not to and to not listen to him and for whatever reason you know the millions of other different trees that were available not good enough so why not why not let's take from that one so that's the very original first time but since then there's been many times humanity it's it's a literal the entire story throughout the bible is constantly god trying to reconcile his relationship to humanity since our very first initial iniquity um which even that leads all the way back to satan himself who was the very first the author of iniquity the author of sin the very first one to sin against god himself but i will cover him in a very in, in a different episode in itself it requires a whole it requires a whole episode in itself at least one so the example i want to share though so again this is not exhaustive nor is it the only example but it's a very powerful one that i want to share which links to a lot of the way the world is today and people don't see that because, again, a lot of people also think that the Bible is some kind of fairy tales. Actually, no. First of all, we're in the year 2023, which is 2023 years since Christ. And the entire world has that calendar. That should at least make you think something. On top of that, all of the legal laws globally are in some way, shape or form stemming from this book all of them, whether they be land laws, whether they be the moral laws, whether they be property laws, whatever, all of them. Now, as I've mentioned to you all many times before, they are all in most countries completely corrupt because people have corrupted them. They have not followed God. They've chose to make gods of themselves. And here is the story I'm going to share with you now of an example when the first time, one of the first times this happened specifically with the people that God chose to be his people in terms of to be an example to everyone else. That's what that means. Not that they're the only only people that could ever know God or be with God or anything like that. They were the people he chose as an example to all the other nations. So people would, again, through education, because he doesn't force anything, he guides. So through education, they could see that when you live with God, life is good, Okay. And yet um, his people back then at that time, um, which is still, again, it's a huge story throughout the entire Bible. It's, it's the tribes of Israel. It's the people, uh, the people of the Jews and so on and so forth. But again, I can't go into too much detail of that. But the specific story I want to tell you is when it has been several decades, God brought Israel out of slavery from Egypt and brought them into 
a promised land for themselves. So a land that they would live in freely and live in prosperity and have a wonderful life, okay? And he did all of that and he did it in their presence, meaning that not he was physically walking with them, but in a way, yes, his presence was like through cloud or through a fire and so on and so forth, through a voice. He was literally physically present with them, as in they had no, there was nothing to speculate. He was with them, guiding them. And all of them, all of the nation, his people could see him. It wasn't just one person or anything, it was everyone, public. And after all that time, decades, and he brings them out of slavery. He brings them out of Egypt. He brings them out of that oppression. He delivers everything he, uh, he promised them because he doesn't lie and he's faithful. And he gives them his commandments, which is for everyone. Again, in the commandments is linked to his laws, God's laws. And they didn't live, they didn't choose to live by his commandments because they didn't like it they wanted to do their own thing and every time they did that there was negative consequences and every time he had to warn them through the prophets that there's negative consequences and then they'd get a negative consequence and then they would still not stop and then there would be periods where things would be good and then things would not be good again and they would keep just messing up okay and then came a time where they had judges in place, okay? Meaning that it was simply, it was not a government, there was none of that. Government didn't exist. A kingdom did not exist. It did in other nations, but not by God's people. Why? Because God wants his people to be free. His law is the law of liberty, not the law of enslavement. That would be evil, Satan. And unfortunately, they didn't think that was good enough and they came to him. And I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 8. And this is where Israel literally requested God for a king. I'm still, <laughs> honestly, when I first read this, I, I was just in awe. Um, so let me read this to you. Chapter 8 from verse 5. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the things displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to God. Uh, Samuel was one of the prophets and he was also, a, he was one of the judges. And again, this was like a, just a common people thing. He was a judge for justice, for God's justice. Not, not, there was no legal system. It was just people for the people. It's one of the literal only examples we have in history of what a free society and nation actually looked like that walked with God, okay? That's why this is a big deal and why I wanted to use this example. So Samuel um, prayed to God and God said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you as the judge, right? But they have rejected me that I should not reign over them because the only true leadership is the leadership of God, okay? In, in, instead of leadership of God, they wanted dictatorship of a king. Verse eight, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, 
so do they also to you. And yeah, that's a whole other story in itself, the serving other gods, which is basically to understand that there's literally only one true God, guys, and you need to get to know him. Every other God that exists in the world, which is literally hundreds of millions, they're not real gods, they're deities, they're false gods, it's people worshipping statues or, or the stars or whatever, right? They're not real. But every time you worship them and not God, Satan wins. Because Satan doesn't care that you worship him, he just cares that you don't worship God. Okay. Verse 9. Now therefore, listen unto their voice. Howbeit yet, protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. So listen to this again. God doesn't punish them. God doesn't tell them no. He says, okay, you want a king? You'll get a king. But I'm going to literally show you what this king how this king's going to reign over you. I'm going to warn you what it means, what, what you're choosing. So again, God is guiding. God is giving wisdom. He is warning them. He, he's given them so many times. And it's, you see this throughout all of history, the amount of times God shows such patience and grace for people to just admit like, yeah, okay, no, we made a mistake. Let's, let's fix this with God. But no. So Samuel told all the words of God unto the people that asked him of a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. As in, this is how it will be when you choose to have this king reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. You can liken that to an army today. And he will appoint them captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of chariots. You can also liken this to things like um, police force and government in itself. All public service type thing, which is not a public service. As you can see, it's a service to whoever's in government or whoever's in, quote, reign, right? And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. Here you can see the introduction of jobs official jobs where people didn't simply you know live for themselves off their own land now you're going to work for the king verse 14 and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your oliveyards even the best of them and give them to his servants now your property belongs to the king because guess what you can't own anything personally anymore because the king owns all the property again sound familiar this is not any different today not only in countries where we still have kingdoms, which we do, by the way, and it's, it's still the same today. It's absolutely true. You can literally buy, fully buy a house, like, you know, flat out purchase a house, no debt or anything, and it's still not yours. It belongs to the royalty, okay? On top of that, in, in countries where there's no royalty, it would be the government. The government is always requiring something from you. They tax on what? Everything. You require their permission for everything because it's no longer yours. It's no longer personal property. It belongs to them, right? This is the setup. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. That's taxation. And that is paying taxes. So that's introduced to that as well. God didn't want anyone to pay taxes. God didn't ask anybody for any of that. He just asked that you lived by his laws. And that was too difficult for them. And he will take your men servants, 
and your maidservants and your goodliest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. So he's saying everyone that is fit, young and able, they will work for the king. Full stop. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. So again, he's taking a percentage of all of what you own and what you earn and you. You shall be your servants. You think that that's just something that that's, was back then in the day? This is where people still love to, to be ignorant about slavery, as if slavery doesn't exist today. It still exists today. It's called, having an, it's called being an employee. The employee-employer relationship is exactly the same as the slave and slave-master relationship. It just looks different on paper. And it's a different physical environment. You're still forced to be at a certain place at a certain time and you're watched over and if you do something wrong, there's consequences and somebody else is giving you, giving you the reward, giving you the, the money for, that you then need to just survive, all right? And on top of that, before you even receive it, they've taken their cut and they've given the cut to the government and they've given the cut to the taxes and they've given the cut to all the rest of it before you even receive it. It's all done before you. Only people that own their own businesses, like myself, can actually see all of that because I have to do all of the details of accounting and so on and so forth. Whereas when you're working for somebody else, you're, you're their slave, so they do all of that and you're not even seeing how much they're taking from you. So when I was working full-time before I um, chose to leave the corporate world and leave the evil world and do that which is right and just make a humble living... Um, 45% of my monthly salary was taxed. That means for half the year, basically, every year, I worked for free. And I did that for a very long time. And that is the standard today. And people don't think it's slavery. Okay. Verse 18. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which you have chosen for you, and God will not hear you that day. So again, he's literally warning them. He's showing you what's going to happen to you. This is what you're asking for. But because, you know, you're ignorant and I know more, I'm just explaining to you, if you do this, this is what happens. And when you then call out to me, which he knew they, they would, they would call out to God and be like, oh, we made a mistake, please. He said, I will not hear you that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel prophet and they said nay <laughs> I like that word nay no but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the other nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles end quote there I mean I don't know if that doesn't make you speechless to understand that actually the only free nation that has ever existed <laughs> chose slavery, chose bondage, chose to be ruled by dictatorship, chose to be ruled by a ruler, okay? I mean, it, amazing. It's all here. And this is why, by the way, all modern-day kings, queens, governments feel justified in themselves to be in the positions of authority that are not real, that they're man-made, because of this, they'll refer you back to the Bible if you bothered to read it. 
So it's quite amazing. Um, that's where all that came from. I just made a very distinct correlation for you of all the things that they were told and what did happen and how they still exist today. And that we still have modern kings, which are the governments. We still have modern day slavery. We still have modern day taxation. We still have modern day theft. Legalized theft is what that is. And modern day rulership, which is not freedom. And people are sicker, unhappier, and more chaotic. Because this is what it means to be served by the flesh. And listen to how they said that. That last phrase. We want to be like all the other nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So what does that mean? They want somebody to tell them what to do and somebody to blame for everything going on so that they, he will go out and fight our battles, meaning that they, they didn't want to be responsible, self-responsible. And on top of that, they, they, want, they want somebody to tell them what to do. But God, guiding them with the laws, which had no you know, human the human sort of punishment system, he was different. He was like a, again, he's like a heavenly father. He guides. There is negative consequence, but he doesn't punish the way humans do, right? So it's a, but they didn't, they didn't care about that. They took that for granted. They took that for granted. They were in his presence, guys. They were in his presence. And so if you ever wonder why, you know, how comes no one receives revelations today and things like that? Well, there's many reasons. Um, but, you know, when he was, and this is what, one of the key things you're going to learn through reading scripture is God was very present in front of people. He showed miracles. He showed signs. He showed up many a time. And people still turned against him and against his poor prophets, really, their lives were threatened and murdered and so they were beaten and imprisoned and all the rest of it because people don't like to hear the truth. Okay, that's the part you've got to understand. People don't like to hear the truth. They want what they want. And it's, what, what's kind of bizarre to me is that God's law is not restricting in any way. When you live led by him, when you live in a place that you genuinely understand the truth and what it means to live in goodness and righteousness because you're not interested in any of those wicked things. But you see, when you're a slave to your sins, which is dragged down through lust, as we read in James, then you will hate the truth because you don't want to give up your addictions, you see. Just like gossiping, blaming, complaining, they're all addictions too. It's not just obvious addictions like drugs or alcohol. And people do this today. The world is burning before our eyes, like as in horrid things happening all day, every day. And what are people doing? They're just yelling and blaming the government or, or blaming just people in general. And what good does that do? What does it do? Because that's exactly what the na that nation did at the time, which were God's people. They were with him, they walked with him, he saved them from slavery and they still chose to go straight back to it. And that's what I think that the humbling truth about many people is, is that they don't actually want to be free because freedom requires self-responsibility. God requires you and asks of you to be self-responsible, to hold yourself accountable to his laws, not somebody else. 
right? Not a government that holds you accountable with a police force and an army that literally comes and whips you. He, he would like to think that, you know, we have some, some self-discipline, some self-control to be able to say, you know what? I can abstain from these things that are clearly wicked and destructive and I would like to choose to follow God's laws because actually when I do them, I have so much peace in my life. I actually feel joy, real joy, not happiness, which is fleeting in the crap from evil. I actually have a strong sense of purpose because it's based in truth. I stand for something because I know that morality is objective, not subjective. And when I live by those moral objectives, God strengthens me. God protects me. Because what, what more could you ask for than God's protection? Hello? What bigger gift could you ever get? There's nothing this world can give you. There's nothing that the demons of this realm can give you in material success that is worth the protection and love of our God, our creator. Nothing. Nothing comes close to it. That's why in uh, Psalm 97, verse 10, it says, For those of you that love God, you hate evil. He preserves his, the soul of his saints and he delivers them out of the hands of the wicked. And this again, people say, like, I'm not, God doesn't hate people, but he absolutely does hate wickedness and evil. He shows that over and over again through scripture. He calls many various things an abomination, detestable. It's very strong language, okay? And God finds immorality, those behaviours, wicked behaviours, evil behaviours, detestable. And that's why therefore in Psalm 101 verse 3, it says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Very important. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Why is that? Because the eyes are, yes, the entry to the soul. The moment you look at something, it starts to entice you. Oh, you've seen it now. Can't look away. Can't look away. Keep looking. Keep looking. Let's go further. Now let's, you know, the eyes are the windows. Like it, you have to be cautious of what you put in front of your eyes. And if your guard is not up, your front gate, your prefrontal cortex, then your back door of your emotional brain is wide open and ready for manipulation, ripe for manipulation. That's why those that, as it says here, turn aside, the people that are taking the wide path, the path of destruction, the path of evil, you don't associate with them because if you do, you are guaranteed to become like them. It's just the way things are. We learn from each other. That's why it says it shall not cleave to me. It shall not like stick on to me. It shall not uh, become my ways. Yes, because you're not spending time with these people. You're not spending time watching horror or so-called entertainment, which people love to say is harmless, when it's not. It's not harmless. There's no such thing as harmless entertainment. Satan rules the entertainment industry. He rules the music industry. Uh, music was one of his gifts from God before his fall, and he has that knowledge, and he used that knowledge to turn the world into literally worshippers of evil and deniers of God. 
it's actually quite sad. It's sad because he's already lost and even though he tries to oppose God, he, he can't. It's kind of stupid to think you can go against against God, albeit, again, we see that a lot through scripture with humans too, because they think that their false gods can deliver them out of the hand of the one true God. And that's proven over and over again that that's not possible because there's only one God, guys. There's only one. And I'm just hoping that you're going to find out the good way or like find out in a way that's that's not from some horrifying thing that happens in your life. You see, I know that, again, people love to glorify and um, romanticize like these really dramatic stories people have. Well, you know what? I don't have a dramatic story of become being, you know, hanging off a cliff and from being overdosed on drugs or something. And that's how God appeared to me. And therefore I became, you know, changed overnight because of that. No, it's because actually God drew me to him through some missionaries. God drew me to him through the Bible, through his word because that was miraculous how it even came to me. And yes, through some personal revelation, but that was after the fact, after I already chose to believe and have faith and trust in him. Because you see, God doesn't give miracles and signs to those that seek miracles and signs. He gives them to those that already believe and trust in him first. Okay, it's a very big difference to expect it like some kind of entitlement and then to receive it because of your trust and faith in him. Okay, so whilst I could go into a lot more, I think for today, that's a great way to wrap up this episode. I hope you learned something from that because I certainly think it's a very powerful lesson about how the ways of humanity, when we go after our own lusts, when we go after just pure sensual desires, it always ends in death and destruction. It just does. And when we choose to actually abide and live by the law of liberty the law of our creator life is good life is protected and life is prosperous okay so consider that in your own life how are you applying it how are you going to apply it more in the future and know and understand that he is the way he is the truth and he is life there's only one god there's only one And everything else that you're learning aside from that, that's taking you away from him, unless it's leading you to the truth of God, then it's just leading you astray, my friends, and it's not helping you. I hope that today this will at least have brought you a bit closer to God and to your faith in some sense. That would be my wish. If you'd like to learn more about the how entertainment is literally destroying people through seduction. You can watch my seminar on Entertain to Destruction. Um, in the, the link will be in the show notes below. And if you want to actually build integrity and character in service to God, truth and purpose, I have a full day online seminar that you can take. That link to that will also be in the show notes. For now, till next time. Ciao, ciao.